thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my to head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome, and we are so glad that you're with us today for Jesus the Healer. I have some precious people here in the studio audience, and we're glad you're in our viewing audience. And so we're just thankful that you love the Word like we do. And uh, it's a joy to learn the Word. Because as we learn the word, we also learn how to be better doers of the word. And it's the doing that's, that, that is the seed of the blessing. Amen. And so when we do the word, we, we advance in the things of God. And so we've been teaching on the subject of the mind because God intends that our mind be a place of calmness, a place that we are thriving and not struggling, not struggling in the mental life. Why? Because you never get away from your mind. You get, you're taking it everywhere you go. So you might as well have a mind that's a blessing to your life. And uh, Jesus paid for us to have a sound mind. I want us to look in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. We've been using this as our golden text for this series of teaching. And uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us Authority, power, anointing. He's given us his own kind of love, his own love, and he's given us a sound mind. A sound mind is yours in Christ. Now, um, the way a sound mind functions is we have to uh, renew our mind. We have to think in line with God's thoughts. And that's what it means to renew your mind. Take God's thoughts, make them your own. And you're not renewing your mind until you're doing what God's thoughts is instructing us to do. Amen. So uh, renewing the mind turns us into doers of the word. Amen. The process of the renewing of the mind. We've also been looking at the last few episodes about something that we have to be aware of is when you are fulfilling the will of God, when you are um, seeking to obey God in in your life, just know there's going to be opposition. Why? Because the devil is afraid of your progress. Amen. He does not want you to progress in this divine life. He doesn't want you to progress in who you are in Christ and and start uh, taking your place in Christ because when you do, you start getting the same results Jesus got. And, uh, and Satan's afraid of the word. I guarantee you it puts him on the run. And so we want to, we want to make sure we're not thinking wrong when tests and trials come, because many times in a, in a situation of situation of tests and trials, the enemy tries to insert the wrong thinking during that time, because many times that's when some people are most susceptible to getting off. And so we have to guard the thought life, especially when there's uh, opposition coming against us. 
And so 1 Peter chapter 4 is what we had been looking at when Peter wrote chapter, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. He said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. So don't think it's something odd just because you're under an op opposition or being tested. As though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. But rejoice. Amen. I like what the Amplified Classic says. It says, Beloved, do not be amazed. Don't be bewildered at the fiery ordeal. And sometimes it can feel that way, can't it? You can, you can, uh, you can feel the, uh, the effects of a test on your mind and on your body. You'll feel it, but uh, we're not walking by what we feel. And that's the good thing. So he says, do not be amazed and bewildered at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality. So this, this ordeal is not coming from God. He does, he's, he's not testing you this way. But the enemy comes to test and see what, if you really believe what you say you believe. Are you a doer? Are you a doer of what you say? Are you a doer of what you believe? So this fiery test will help you find it out too. <laughs> Uh, it's going to test the quality of your faith. Yes. So this fiery ordeal which is taking place to test your quality as though some strange, unusual, or alien to you and alien to your position. Mm -hmm. Now notice this, we're following you. Notice this. When you start taking greater ground, this is when uh, tests and trials will many times accelerate. Yes. Why? Because it's coming against you taking higher position. Yeah. We are in Christ. We've been raised in Christ, but we do advance in our knowledge. We advance in revelation. We advance in the doing of the word. We advance in the renewing of the mind. And so the opposition comes to keep us out of those positions of advancement. And so we have to realize that many times we need to say, hey, I'm being op opposed. I must be doing something right. Now, I'm not talking about opening the door to sin and then we're opposed because we went a wrong direction. Because certainly we can, be, uh, we can open the door to those things. But I'm talking about when you're advancing in the things of God, the enemy is not going to congratulate you. He's going to seek to oppose you, to stop, to block your advancement. And I love what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 28. Now, this is the Amplified Classic translation. And he says, do not for a moment... Look how strong these words. This is bold instruction. This is not, oh, I hope you just don't do this. No, it's do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything, in any physical test, in any symptoms, in any diagnosis, in any financial pressure, in anything that's coming against your business, in anything that's coming against your, in anything. Do not for a moment. Be frightened or intimidated. Why? Because fear opens the door. Yes. And when you will not be frightened, you're keeping the door closed to what's opposing you. Right. You can't stop it from opposing you, but you can stop it from getting in. That's right. Amen. 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 Do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries. Again, I want to remind you, Paul is sitting in prison when he's writing this. You talk about a place when a man could be tempted to be afraid. He did not know what his future supposedly from, that, from the natural standpoint of what these men who had, had imprisoned him would do to him. 
But he says, I'm not frightened. He's, he's letting us know his thoughts while he's sitting in a dark place. I'm not for a moment frightened. I am not for a moment intimidated in anything by my opponents, by my adversaries. He's telling us that's how to live. And then he goes on and he says, for such constancy. What's this mean? We have to be consistent. You can't, you can't just take your stand against the enemy one day and then lay down your authority the next. Every day, every day, exercise your authority. Every day. So he says, for such constancy and fearlessness. Fearless, that should describe us. Fearless, fearless, fearless. No fear. So many people have lived with a cloud of fear or a flow of fear that many times they don't even recognize of things that are really born out of fear. Yes, that's good. Because it's normal to them. Fear is not normal for the believer and it's yes. not to be accepted or looked upon as normal. Right. Fear of being alone. Right. Fear of driving. Right. Fear of flying. Right. Fear of, of sickness. Yes. All these things, all these things that the enemy tries to work against us shut out every trace of yes. it. When you shut fear out, you have just closed the door to a host of other, oppos- uh, of, uh, other adversaries yes. because fear is the door greeter for the enemy's opposition. You don't let you, you, you take that fear, that fear off the, off the door. He can't, fear can't open the door to other things. I tell you what, really, if you'll become, if you'll become skillful in the face of fear, that will be so much of your victory right there. Yes. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So Paul said for such constancy, and fearlessness on your part will be a clear sign, a proof and seal to them, to who? Your adversaries and your opponents of their impending destruction. Amen. Amen. Meaning you fail. You started this, but you're going to fail in your assignment against my life. But But this fearlessness and this constancy is a sure token and evidence of your deliverance. And salvation, yes. and that's from God. Amen. 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 Your, your, your deliverance and salvation is not from you. It's from God. God's backing you up. <laughs> Amen. You're not just standing there alone. The greater one's on the inside of you. When the enemy chose to come against you, put the greater one on, this, on, this, on, the, on assignment. Stir up the anointing and the ability of the greater one on the inside of you. And you stand there in his anointing and his power and you deal with that thing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And then uh, Peter wrote and he went on and he said, uh, when he was talking about not being intimidated, he said, uh, rejoice. Mm -hmm. So you rejoice in the face of opposition. I tell you what, uh, that's the best way to keep the door closed to fear, rejoicing and praising because you've already chosen your flow and fear's not it, but rejoicing is. In the face of opposition, you have a, you have a flow to choose. You better not choose the, fo- the flow of fear. Choose the flow of rejoicing. It keeps fear out. It drives fear back. Amen. And like I said, it's at times of advancement. It's at times when God's endeavoring to bring you into more that you're going to have opposition show up. But you know what to do in the face of it. Amen. Now, I want you to look at Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, and we're going to start in verse 31. 
And um, Jesus is speaking here. And uh, his disciples are there and he turns to Peter. Now this is before Jesus was even arrested. Luke chapter 22 and verse 31. He turns to Peter and Jesus said something. He says, Satan has desired to have you. He's desired to have you. Why, what does he want to do with him? He wants to sift you like wheat. Uh, wheat, they would grind down into a powder form, becomes flour, right? right? Finely ground. The devil doesn't just want to touch you. He wants to grind you is what he told Peter. He, he wants to sift you as wheat. Look at this. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith not fail. Now listen, Jesus didn't say, I prayed for you so that this won't happen. So that you won't face this test. No, he says, but I prayed for you. And what did he pray? That your faith, that your faith. In other words, don't lay down your faith. That's what I prayed about for you, that your faith will be strong, yes. that your faith yes. will, will stay in place. Right. Why? Because faith brings the power of God. Yes. Amen. Faith brings the power of God into manifestation. Amen. And when you exercise your faith, then God has an entrance right. into your situation. Amen. He can flow in with His power, right. His ability, yes. and put you on the other side of that yes. thing. So basically, Jesus didn't say, I prayed that you wouldn't face this. He said, I prayed that your faith won't fail. Right. Why? Because if your faith doesn't... Now, let me, well, let me just back up a little bit. If Jesus prayed that Peter wouldn't face this, what's he going to do the next time Peter has to face something? There are going to be other tests. The victory is not the test not coming. The victory is in you knowing what to do in face of the test because then no matter what test comes, you know what to do. Amen. Amen. That your faith won't fail. That your faith won't fail. Do not lay down your faith in the face, in the face of, of, of the opposition, in the face of the adversary. Your faith is for the fight. That's what you need to remember. This is why your pastor has been teaching you. This is why Brother Copeland has been teaching all these years on faith and, and putting these faith truths in our heart yes. by us listening and being a doer of them is because faith is for the good fight of faith. <laughs> faith is not for just when your bills are paid. Faith is not for just when everything is in place. Faith is for when things try to get out of place. That's where faith shines. That's where the value of faith is seen is when it's opposed. You know, when you have someone who's a, a weightlifter and, you know, they're, they're spend time lifting weights, they love demonstrating what they do to a weight that is in opposition against their muscle. Right? They don't just sit there and buff up and then just, just it, go enjoy it. They just, of course, no doubt they enjoy the time they're not lifting, but they love lifting the weights. Amen. Why? It feels good to them. Why? Because they have things in place to help them succeed and increase in the face of the weights. 
When you're skillful with faith, you don't get frightened when opposition shows up. This is another, t- this is another opportunity to show you what faith does. Amen. And Jesus prayed that your faith won't fail. Hallelujah. Peter was letting, Jesus was letting Peter know that by holding to his faith in God's word, that he would overcome every strategy against him. Yeah. Well, the enemy would like to steal your faith. And that's why he comes in opposition. He's after your faith. Why? Because it's with your faith you advance. It's with your faith you lay hold. It's with your faith you move into all that God has made yours. So the enemy comes to get your faith. But don't let him have it. Amen. Keep using your faith. Stir it up. Keep using your faith. Feed your faith. Not just enough to feed it. You got to use it. You got to use it. Now, I want you to go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews in chapter 12. And we're going to read in verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12. And in verse 2. It says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, when we're going through a test and trial, this this needs to be remembered, looking unto Jesus. (laughs) What's that mean, looking unto him? Well, I'm looking to him. Well, look how he did it. Look how he faced opposition. That's what it's talking about also. Yes, keep your eyes and focus on Jesus. Keep your eyes and focus on the Word. But also look at how He operated and functioned when He was faced with opposition. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him Mm -hmm. endured the cross. Look at that. Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. The cross was not the joy that was set before him. What does it mean when we, when we look at this phrase, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross and look at how Jesus did this. This is what he did. He set his focus on the joy that was set before him. He didn't focus on the cross. Meaning this, he looked all the way through to Calvary and looked on the other side. He looked on the other side of the cross. He didn't stay fixated on the cross. If he would have, do you think he would have enjoyed his earthly life? If he lived under the awareness and the moment of on that cross of the sin of the world, the sickness of the world, the penalty, the curse of, of, uh, that was on humanity coming on him. He did not live focused on that. He lived focused on the joy. Yes. The joy that was set before him that was on the other side. Yes. What does this show? God showed him what was on the other side of the cross and that's what he focused on. Yes. God shows us what's on the other side. Victory's on the other side. He didn't focus. He looked clear past the cross. Yes and kept his focus on payday. Amen. When you're faced with opposition, we're not saying it's not there. We're saying don't make it your focus. Make it your focus what's on the other side of that opposition. What is it? More anointing, more revelation, greater fruit bearing, greater glory. That's what's on the other side of opposition. 
Now, remember, we read in the previous, uh, previous episode, 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, Paul said, for a great an effectual door is opened unto me, but there's adversaries at the door. Notice, there's a door. What's on the other side of a door? A room. Ah, there's a room of wealth of that belongs to you in Christ. More, more revelation, more miracles, more healing, more fruit. And God invites us into further places. See, we have not arrived at the fullness of what belongs to this household of faith. There's more rooms in this household of faith. And so whenever we're advancing and making spiritual progress, we have to go through doors at different times. There's a door to another room of revelation, a door to another room of miracles or healings. But the enemy, let God, God's letting us know the enemy, he has set a strategy and that is at every door, there's going to be adversaries. Don't focus on the adversary. Focus on the, the room the adversary is trying to block your entrance That's right. into. That's, right. That's what it's saying that Jesus did. Yes. He didn't focus on the cross. He focused on what was held in the other side of that. If you're going to just focus and talk about, listen to that, talk about what you're facing. Talk about what you're feeling. Talk about all the time what the doctor said. Talk about your finances. Talk about your checkbook. If that's what you're going to focus on, that's going to be a place where you'll pause and hinder and draw back. Jesus said, I've given you authority, power, authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. Tread on means step over. I've, I've given you the authority to step over yes. serpents and, scorp and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you as you're stepping over them. Yes. Now listen, people will quote this, nothing shall by any means hurt me, nothing shall by any means hurt me. That's for the ones stepping over the opposition. Yes. Now if you're not going to step over, if you're going to stop and pause and let the enemy stop your progress, they can hurt you. They can hurt your finances. They can hurt your family. You say, well, that's not faith. That's the word, sister. That's the word, brother. <laughs> the, the, the nothing shall by any means hurt you is talking to the one that's stepping over serpents and scorpions, not the one that's sitting and just, uh, uh, if I could say this, giving them attention and, and stopping their progress. God's letting you know in your progress of faith and you're stepping over in faith, they won't hurt you. You keep moving. You keep progressing. Don't slow down. Don't turn off the momentum. And can I tell you this? The momentum of faith is very important to your life. The momentum that comes with faith. Once you lose momentum, it's not so easy to get it going. You can get it going again, but why lose it? Amen. It carries you. It carries you. This is what carried Jesus. Past the cross, he kept looking on the other side. Keep looking. Why is the devil opposing your marriage? What does God have on the other side for you? Why is he opposing your health? What's on the other side for you? Amen. And this is where our faith is supposed to be focused on. What is on the other side? Hebrews 12, 2. Again, let's look at it. Looking unto Jesus. Look at how he did things. That's what it means. Look at how he did things. He's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. So we have to follow the author and the finisher. How did he do it? Who for the joy that was set before him. Listen, what God's bringing you into is a greater degree of joy. 
It's going to bring greater joy into your life. Who for the joy that was set before him. What was the joy that was set before Jesus? Defeating the enemy. Paying the price. When he paid the price of, of, of sin and sickness and took the curse, what he focused on, humanity free. He focused on that. That was part of the joy. No man ever again has to be bound. That every human born can live free. Never a slave of sin again. What a joy to know that that price he paid was going to purchase that. That he was going to not only be raised from the dead, he was going to be raised back and seated, bring his own blood to the mercy seat of God the mercy seat of God and sprinkle his own blood and be seated at the right hand of the Father and bring many sons to glory. That's the joy. That's what he kept in mind when he saw what was ahead, when he knew what was ahead. He did not focus on the prize. He focused on the prize. Amen. How are you going to get past opposition? Don't focus on the price of opposition. Focus on the prize that that opposition is trying to block from your view. Faith. There's only one way you can look past the opposition. That's by faith. That's by faith. See, Jesus had not yet been, been uh, raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father, brought many sons to glory. He had not seen that. He saw that by faith. He believed that was going to happen by faith. What is on the other side of your test, you have to look at by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Do the same thing Jesus did. You have to have eyes of faith. That you don't just focus on what this natural world shows you, what natural circumstances show you. I tell you what, there have been times, four different seasons in my life when I went through attacks that I would call more severe against my mind. I was not a person prone to depression. It wasn't that. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just a natural bend. It was attacks that came on the other side. Early on, I did not really understand all that I've been teaching you, but now I see Mm -hmm. my skill in the face of those is helping many. Because I went through those tests and I did not just back off. I said, God, teach me. Not only teach me my victory, but teach me how to articulate to others how to be successful in the face of their test. Because if I can't articulate it, I can't pass it to somebody. Me being able to say it puts handles on victory so I can pass you. This is how you do it. I had no idea then when I was facing those tests that it was for for, for a time like this when I could sit and be able to tell millions of people, you can live free. Your mind, a sound mind belongs to you and here's what you do. Here's what you say. Here's how you think because I've been there and I got on the other side. Amen. We've been teaching out of the book, A Sound Disciplined Mind. Go to DufresneMinistries.org and get your copy. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual ladies' conference at Wood Harvest Church in Marietta, California. 
October 4th through the 6th. Everyone is welcome to attend. For more information, visit our website at thefraneministries.org. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at defrayministries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at defrayministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.